Okay, so we're here at the Pan American Games, and I'd like to introduce Dr. Mary Bell, co-chair of the Equine Canada Health and Welfare Committee, and also the intake veterinarian for the games here, and uh, who's in charge of um, both taking the horses in and then the biosecurity associated with that. So Mary, can you tell us about your role at the Pan Am Games? My role here is working for the Federation, um, the International Federation, to examine each horse as it arrives, um, making sure that it is healthy, um, has not had any injury, has had the correct preventative vaccinations prior to arrival, and then to admit it into the stabling area. Horses that would have a temperature, say, of over 38.5 would go into a holding area where they could be later reassessed to see whether they were becoming sick or, or whether they would simply had gotten a higher temperature with shipping. Okay, great. And you have quite a team of veterinarians helping you. Lots of veterinarians, lots of veterinary students, and several techs as well. It's been, uh, I think, that there certainly were a lot more veterinarians per horse, uh, and it's a very solid team. That's great. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the high horse health status that's being addressed uh, for competition horses who travel inter internationally? Can you tell us a bit about the initiative? Yes, this initiative is really um, uh, has occurred as a result of extensive collaboration between the FEI, our governing international governing body, and the OIE, which is equivalent to, in humans, the World Health Organization, to try to find a way that competition horses can avoid lengthy periods in quarantine where they are not moving um, and that really are detrimental to their performance. So we've identified those diseases which really need to be controlled and uh, to where you need to make sure that those horses are free of those diseases. And then you need to monitor their contacts and, of course, make sure that uh, any uh, shipping conveyance has been properly cleaned and sanitized. So you hold them in a bubble, but mm -hmm. that bubble allows them then to go and compete internationally and arrive at the best possible health and fitness status, and it levels the playing field. Right. It's a process. We're looking at what this really is going to look like and how it's going to be monitored. Um, but the final requirements have been set. So it's not here yet, but it, we're hoping that it'll that it'll go through. Absolutely, I think it'll be a, a great boon to international competition in horses, and that's racing uh, as well as sport. Right. Um, so really, kind of like a nexus card for horses. Yes. Great. Um, okay, so we're going to touch a little bit about the biosecurity that's happening at the Pan Am Games. Can you tell us a bit about the protocols and things that are in place? Uh, the, fir the first thing, of course, um, all of the horses, and I neglected to say this, have been sprayed or treated for ticks prior to coming within seven days of coming. And that's part of our examination on entry. Mm -hmm. um, the horses are stabled by team. Uh, the team, they're, they're often team veterinarians who come with these horses. Um, the people who are permitted into the stabling area are limited. Uh, any um, 
direct hand contact uh, with horse after horse is uh, strongly discouraged. And the horse, we have two horses in the dressage that have a disease called pyroplasmosis, which is not present in Canada. Those horses are housed separately, exercised separately, grazed separately, and competed very well. Yes, and tick-checked as well every and time they leave every, and enter the barn. Yes, whenever they leave or enter the barn, they're tick-checked and they're sprayed when they leave. And we have, um, am I correct in saying that there are some CFIA veterinarians here as well? Right now there are three. Wow. And uh, the CFIA veterinarians have been here through every admission. And they're identifying the horses, where they have come from, and where they're going to go when they leave. And they're using this documentation to enable them to get back to their home country. Fantastic. Okay, so I just wanted to back up, I guess, and kind of touch on equine on your role within Equine Canada. But before we talk about that, can you tell me a little bit about the structure of Equine Canada? Um, you know, just from a veterinary perspective, and what we should, what every veterinarian should know. Well, this isn't from a veterinary's perspective, but from an industry perspective, it is the national body that is recognized by government as representing the horse. Okay. So this is all horses, not just horses in sport. Uh, and there is a sport council, an industry council, and the industry council includes racing, etc. members. Uh, and there is a provincial council, which is composed of every of each of the provincial bodies. Okay, great. Um, so can you tell us about what the uh, Health and Welfare Committee's role is within Equine Canada? Well, basically we developed it in, we, Health and Welfare combined in 2009 and came up with a strategic plan. Equine Canada puts the, the welfare of the horse as the most important priority. Um, and that's present in its rule book, it's present on its website, and it's present in its genre. And this committee's been very exciting because we're trying to uh, deal with health of horses at competitions uh, and deal with welfare issues. We, re we changed rules to uh, allow us to have more clout in dealing with anything that verges on abuse and expanded the definition of abuse. And the committee is composed of all portions of Equine Canada, so it's an exciting committee. We've gotten a lot accomplished in a shorter period of time. The place where we are still trying to work hard is to look at the welfare and the health of the national herd. Right. And those things are uh, continue to be a work in progress. Great. Um, so, can you, who is on the who? Like, what kind of groups you mentioned that would be? What would what would the groups be who are on the Health and Welfare Committee? Um, Health and Welfare Committee has representation from each council, uh, from the board of directors. We have competitions, medication, uh, uh, the competitions committee that uh, help that deals with competition organizers, uh, the medication committee that. Um, ensures we have a um, 
clean sport, one that uh, is, is not abusing medication. Uh, and the Stewards Committee, and I think you're going to talk with the steward yes. to uh, go in depth into that role. Without question, in my mind, the stewards work the hardest at competitions, and they probably um, have the largest role in representing horse welfare. Right. So we have veterinarians, stewards, and then uh, there's horse owners as well as trainers and all sorts, aren't there? We have... Um, we have trainer and we have key veterinarians and I think we're going to continue to have key veterinarians and basically the committee is composed of geographic diversity right so it represents all of Canada absolutely okay um, so I just wanted to touch as well about where vets in Canada can find out about health and welfare issues or things that that the health and welfare committee are working on uh, they can go to the Equine Canada website, which I have to admit isn't always easy to peruse and is still a work in progress. Um, they can uh, contact Julie Cull at Equine Canada and ask to be put on the Equine Canada uh, announcement list. Great. Uh, and what is more important is we're starting a monthly disease surveillance, national disease surveillance calls. For equine. Oh, excellent. Can you tell uh, us a bit more? I, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's really, it seems like such a great initiative. Um, so yeah, take it away. Tell us a bit more. Oh, I think it's very exciting. And really, it's, it's, it's a work of several very dedicated veterinarians. And we've had our first call. Um, the call in uh, at this time was delayed because of the Pan Ams. It's modeled after one that uh, that takes place on a monthly basis uh, in the U.S. Um, and pertinent disease issues uh, are are discussed and can be welfare issues as well. Um, but we have a series of veterinarians in various parts of the country who will come on and provide information. It's a one-hour session and we're hoping that it will be podcasted for those veterinarians who can't join in uh, during the actual call, the actual yeah. call, and the next call, as far as I know, is August the August fifth at noon. Is what, yes. I, uh, what I understand, and it, it will be broadcast on the Owen podcast site afterwards as a as a trial basis to see if see if uh, veterinarians have a good uptake of that and see if they want it, see if they want it, and if they want to be on the notices so that they get um, all of the information as to how to join in the call directly. Again, that's uh, to contact Julie Call. She's a, her extension is one two zero at Equine Canada. Okay, and we'll post that on our podcast site as well in case people wanted to see that. Um, and I, and probably in Ontario, it will go out to the Ontario Association of Equine Practitioners uh, listserv as well. Yes. Okay. Well, fantastic. So enjoy the games, Mary, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay, so our next interviewer here today is uh, Jan Stevens, who is the, uh, the Chief Steward for the Pan American Games and also the Steward uh, General for Canada for jumping, eventing, and for reigning. So welcome, Jan. Thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. So let's start off with, um, you know, what, for veterinarians, I don't think we often know what stewards do. So can you tell us what it is that stewards do? I can certainly try. Um, we like to work very closely with the veterinarians at the FEI competitions where we have veterinarians available, but our job is actually threefold and we are mandated to prevent, to help, and to intervene 
all of those things meaning that we help the competitors be sure that they know the rules and we intervene to make sure that they don't get into trouble before they go into the classes or the competitions that they are eligible for. Um, small details often, tax situations, dress situations, eligibility situations, those are our intervening mantras. And um, we prevent, of course, by making sure that uh, those things are taken care of before they become an issue in a competition. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that I realized before how, how much, what a big role you guys had in, in the welfare of the horse in the, in the industry. That, of course, is our main issue. We like to think that we are the voice of the horse. And uh, so we are on the lookout through the barns and in the competitions and anywhere on the grounds to make sure that the welfare of the horse is uh, the primary concern of everybody involved. And I think we like to think that we provide a very level playing field for all the competitors so that all the rules are fairly and equally subscribed to throughout a competition. We also like to think that we are the ones that present to the judges everybody in an equal manner. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your role here at the Games. I'm chief steward at the Games, which means an overall chief. I have a, a, a chief steward for dressage, uh, Elizabeth Williams, who is a, a very well-known dressage steward. And myself um, will be taking the role as chief steward for both eventing and jumping. The, that job entails making sure that the rings are scheduled and the competitors all have a fair opportunity to school and prepare for the competition and to make sure that the stewards are dispersed in a manner that we can keep rings open for as long as we can before each competition. So there's a lot of scheduling involved and um, overseeing and answering questions from competitors and patrolling and making sure that everything is uh, correct and equal in the barns. Okay, great. Um, so what would you like every veterinarian to know about the role of the steward? Well, we really, as stewards, are uh, acting as eyes of the veterinarians in the barn as well. We like to be able to contact those people in a very timely manner if necessary. Um, we work very closely in abuse cases because the veterinarians are the experts in that and we are the eyes, so mm -hmm. to speak. So it's, um, it's often it's you a, guys who are first on the scene if there's something wrong. We are first on the scene. We are at every ringside. So we're, we are the eyes for the veterinarians and, um, and we are the voice of the horse. Okay. Um, and is there anything that veterinarians can do to support stewards? I think this is a wonderful start just to get some information out for everyone. Uh, the working relationship of stewards and veterinarians in Canada has been very, very good. We, we do know each other quite well and we can speak very candidly. The veterinarians are, are the leading file on giving the stewards the modalities that can be used in the barns and we work together so that um, we have an indication of knowing what those are used for because that's not our area of expertise. We count on the veterinarians to help us with that and to be very clear on what can be used and what cannot be used. We also um, are checking for treatment horses just to make sure that paperwork has been taken care of and the veterinarians therefore don't have to be chasing the team vets or the private athlete vets for paperwork for treatments. And um, it's a very parallel um, job with a lot of synergy with the stewards going to the 
veterinarians for the expert advice. Yeah, the thing that I guess that's nice is that I feel like you can always ask the steward, you know, is it okay if I do this or is it, you know, you can always kind of count on a steward to be an impartial person to ask, which is kind of nice. They should be very impartial. They should be very impartial, Melanie, because uh, that's the important thing. It's not the countries that are important here, but rather the horses. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you.